It's party time. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. Studio 22 is the mothership, and the puppet master Mark is driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity. His co-captain, the actual captain, I think, Super Mario Chris Cruz at the helm. Uh, we're just hanging out here. Um, I am happy to uh, welcome my attorney to the show, Paul Davis. <laughs> oh, you want to talk? You're like, you know, you, Paul, you know, you've gotten somewhere in life where you can say, this is my attorney. <laughs> this right. is my attorney. Uh, I've now had a couple of divorce attorneys. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but here's my attorney. Welcome to the show, man. I'm glad you're finally able to come on here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I introduced myself to Glenn Beck the other day as your attorney. He said, well, Chad Prather needs an attorney. <laughs> Glenn has no idea. We're coming for you, Beck. Uh, well, welcome to the show. I wanted you to tell, we're going to get into some things, but I want you to tell your story a little bit. Um, let's go all the way back to, oh, let's just pick a random date. Uh, January 6th. Oh. January 6th. Why would you of, pick that date? Of, uh, of 2020. <laughs> so and, random. Tell me that story. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had, like so many millions of others, I was very disturbed by what I was seeing as far as courts turning the other way, uh, as far as the election fraud uh, that we all saw. Um, you know, like we literally watched videos of people getting ballots out of cases right. under tables in the middle of the night. I don't have to explain this to your audience, I'm sure. But I was disturbed and I felt like it was my duty as a concerned American that loves our Constitution to go to Washington, D.C., make my voice heard, make my presence known. Of course, I had no idea what was going to transpire. I got up that morning just to go watch some speeches. I had actually been, I, I came to this the Stop the Steal rally on uh, December 12th. I had the time of my life, marched around the Supreme I was Court. There. I was there. Yeah, it was Saturday. amazing. I, I, I mean, I met so many incredible, just God-fearing patriots, prayed with them while we walked around the Supreme Court. I kind of thought it was just going to be more of the same. I went completely by myself. And uh, I just, you know, went out to went out to hear the speeches. It was freezing cold, weathered through it all. My teeth were literally chattering by the time uh, Trump got on. And uh, after he was done speaking, I, I I couldn't go to the Capitol. I was I was too cold. And yeah. so I I walked all the way back to my hotel room, just in this mass of people, shoulder to shoulder, thawed out. Walked back to the Capitol, and it was probably about. I don't know what time it was, honestly. It was probably, you know, it's mid-afternoon sometime. Well after, you know, we all saw those videos of people breaking down the, I guess there was some kind of outer barrier at some point. I saw those videos later. No sign of that when I walked up. And um, I just saw people in the scaffolding. It looked kind of like a high school football stadium, honestly. Right. And uh, I just walked right up to see what was going on and uh i stood in the stands for a while just chanting with people usa stop the steal fight for trump things like that didn't really i mean it was there was a lot of chaos on the scene but it was just hard to know what was going on and um i was trying to find one other friend seemed like he was on the other side of the scaffolding so i walked between the two on the, i guess i don't really remember what it looked like some kind of catwalk area and um and then I saw the Capitol Police for the first time. Uh, there were, you know, it was, it was intimidating as hell. I mean, it, they had, you know, the full riot gear, shields, grenade launchers, all of that. And then I saw my friend. He was just standing in front of all of them. And he was like, hey, man, I'm just taking some videos, you know, just talking to the cops. And, you know, feel free to hang out. And so I just stood there just protesting verbally, um, you know, just yelling things like stop the steal and demanding to speak to my congressman and just normal things that you would do at a protest. And then without warning, 
all these gas grenades just go off around me and flashbangs and I couldn't breathe. It was tear gas, you know, tears streaming down my face uh, that, you know, they do call it tear gas for a reason. Never mm. experienced anything like that. I was completely shocked and uh, felt compelled to make a video about it just to show how unjust this scene was. And in my mind, I had, I was thinking of Martin Luther King and kind of how, what they did in the whole civil rights movement and draw attention just to the abuses of civil rights. So that's why I made the video. And I just, you know, I was standing in front of the Capitol police talking about how I got, just got tear gas. And I was just like, we're all here demanding that they audit the vote, audit the ballots. You know, if Biden really won, let's all go on with our lives. But I don't think that happened. And if, if the, the fact that they will not do a proper audit should tell you something. And, uh, and then I went back to, I just, after all that, I just walked back to my hotel a couple hours later. I got a text from a friend. Well, wait, before Go you ahead. get into that, yeah. before you get into yeah. that, yeah. let me ask you. So you get tear gassed, basically. <laughs> the bombs go off, the it's whole crazy. thing. And then you're like, all right, I'm going back to the hotel. <laughs> like, nothing to see here. Um, I mean, there was no, did you see apprehensions going on? Were, were, I mean, were you able to see any of that stuff where people were getting arrested or taken down or anything like that? I didn't see anything like that. So... Where I was, it was on the Washington Monument side of the Capitol. I'm not sure what, like, directionally what side that is, but um, the opposite side of the Supreme Court, which is, that right. was the side where people were actually walking into the building. So right. I I had no knowledge that anybody was going into the building. Um, you know, I, and, and where I was, it was probably 50 to 60 people, mostly elderly, like veteran type people, it seemed yeah. like, um, you know, a lot of women almost no mil very few military aged males nobody with weapons so i was we did that crowd did not present any kind of threat to the capitol police so i was shocked when they felt the need to tear gas us and then and then after the tear gas cleared they start expanding the perimeter and when they did that i saw them shoving elderly people downstairs throwing them against walls i mean it was brutal it was absolutely yeah. it was disturbing so you head back to the hotel yeah, and apparently uh, the Pentagon's calling right now. <laughs> is that, is that on us? They shutting us down, Chris. <laughs> Where is that coming from? We don't know. Oh, you know what? I put my phone on si on focus and silent, but maybe it's our. Um, sorry about that. Who knows? Yeah, I. You know what? They're coming for you even now. Yeah, <laughs> they're looking for you. <laughs> yeah. So you get back to the you get back to the hotel. Yeah, got back to the hotel and I get a text message from my best friend who was one of my roommates for a couple years and it said it was a screenshot of uh, a tweet and this tweet said it was by this guy named Roger Sollenberger who I had no idea who he was at the time. Uh, he's a journalist for uh, journalist quote unquote for um, salon.com at the mm -hmm. time and now he's with Daily Beast and it said this is Paul Davis. Paul is a lawyer. He's associate general counsel at Goosehead Insurance and human resources director. And today he stormed the Capitol to stage a coup against the government and documented it on Instagram. And then he tagged my, my employer. Mm. And by the time I saw it, it had roughly half a million views and equal, almost as many death threats, it seemed like. Wow. And uh, I mean, it was insane. And I just, I knew when I saw that, text when i saw that image that my life was never going to be the same I was yeah. like, this is a twitter mob and they were calling for my head they're calling for my job and it's pretty so you shocking. had taken the video that you made you put it on instagram 
Put it on Twitter? Uh, just Instagram. It was just literally my Instagram story. Got you. Yeah. And they took that, shared it far and wide, and suddenly you're insurrection is suspect number one exactly and they didn't just share the video they they curated it a little bit they spliced mm. a lot they spliced it up you know i had store my story showed me uh just there and saying what i said um i had i took a video of myself right after getting tear gas because i was so shocked and um and then it showed me praying over the capitol police after that talking to them you know being peaceful of course none of that was in the video the only right. thing they included was the little mini speech that I gave and me getting tear gas. Those are the only things they put in there. Um, so it was, yeah. <laughs> so you get on a plane, you come back to Texas. I was actually too scared to get on my flight because when I woke up the next morning, well, first thing that happened was I got fired. Uh, I think it was about 8.30 a.m. and uh, Eastern time. And then, then the next thing that happened was when I went down to the hotel lobby, everybody was talking about how the FBI was going to accuse everybody at the Capitol of sedition and they were out for blood and picking up everybody right and left. And so I was, I was scared. I really was. I've never been so terrified in my life, uh, finding that out. Cause I mean, that's sedition. That's a serious crime. And I knew yeah. I didn't commit that, but you know, when's that ever stopped the FBI? Right. So I actually rented a car and started driving back to mm. Dallas. I was, I was scared. I was going to get picked up at the airport or something. I didn't know what to think. And then I started getting phone calls that the Dallas Morning News had tweeted that I lived in Frisco and it looked like I was about to get doxxed. So I was, you know, <laughs> trying to get my family to go to my house and just get my valuables out, you know, because yeah. I know who was going to show up at my house. Yeah. It, that, you know, it's a scary deal. And I've talked with several people that, you know, I know, we know mutual friends that were there mm -hmm. January 6th and the different perspectives of things you hear, you know, you talk to mark middleton and his wife they're there praying at the capitol yeah. next thing they're getting beat by batons mm -hmm. and you know being you know having indictments against them and all of these kind of things um and people who were just there you're just i mean call it guilt by association you know look I had been at the Stop the Steal rally back in December as well. I mean, you know, people always want to accuse me. They, I've had the Twitter trolls come at me and say, "Oh, I was there. This was I was part of the planning." Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I was there to help coordinate the planning for January sixth. That's why I was there. I'm too stupid to plan anything. <laughs> I don't believe um, that, but <laughs> and you know, I had friends who. I, I mean, I had, if I wanted it, I could have jumped on a private jet that morning, flown up and flown back that night. That was offered to me. And I just said, no, nah, I don't think I'm supposed to be there. I just had a wow. weird thing. I had, a, I had a weird feeling about that particular thing. It's like, I've been to DC twice since the election. I'm, I just don't understand why I need to be there for this. You know, I molded around, kicked it around. And I was like, no. And then we were in studio here whenever that went down of course we were getting reports from our own elijah schaefer and very other various other people that were in there and we were like this is not good um you know my my friend uh cj who you've met cj she sang the national anthem that morning she actually texted that morning and she said i don't feel right about being here she goes and she was supposed to fly out at like four o'clock that afternoon and she goes i said go to the airport and get out of there and she did and so she was at the airport when it all kind of was going down. Roger Stone told me, he goes, I got out of town that morning. He goes, they came to my hotel room looking for me. He said, I just felt, had an impression to leave. So 
when you start thinking about the crazy, just almost demonic aspect of this whole thing, um, you know, people, people, I, you and I got in a, in a, in a suit with Facebook, which we'll talk about in the next segment over the word insurrection, because I said to someone on Facebook that, um, the FBI does not call it an insurrection. Oh, and you know, people just don't, they don't, they don't want to believe that. Right. How dare you? How dare we say <laughs> that, you know, like, well, look, I don't like the FBI either, but you guys keep talking about the FBI. Well, the FBI doesn't, you know, this is your alphabet agency. They didn't call it that. Yeah. So what were the, what were the follow-up from real quick? Cause we got to go to a break here in yeah. about a minute, but after that, did you have any other like legal ramifications? They want to come at you. Did you? They want to question you and all those kind of oh, things. I mean, like everybody FBI, else. The FBI showed up at my house on January twelfth. Uh, I wasn't there. I was staying somewhere else because I was too. I didn't know who was going to show up at my house. And um, they actually put a, a bug outside my garage, a listening device, to presumably to see. I, I imagine they were trying to see when my garage door went, or hear when my garage door went up and down, so they could come pick me up or something. It was wild, though. I mean, it was wild. There was a little more to that story. I mean, they told my they told my attorney I went and got a criminal attorney that day because the FBI called me. I'm like, I'm not talking to them without an attorney. Yeah. And uh, they said, oh, Mr. Davis, nobody's trying to pick him up. He's free to go home. And meanwhile, I had a neighbor who called me and said, you know, this government car that came to your house has been circling the block every 30 minutes or so. And I'm like, right. I'm free yeah. to go home so they can pick me and try to, you know, pick me up and try to put me in a high pressure interview situation. Well, and the audacity of the whole thing is the fact that you – we're just simply there. Yeah. And you documented it with a video. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you, it, there's nothing incriminating on the video. Yep. Hey, do we have a read or we can we talk? We do. We do? Let's do it. And then we'll go to a break. Uh, you know, the president just a couple of weeks ago uh, warned us about food shortages. Um, I want you to be prepared if the worst case scenario happens in the next few weeks or months. And I got a feeling this it's going to happen. Uh Drop what you're doing. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You're going to get the long-term emergency food storage you may need very soon. Right now, the most important thing you should focus on is food security. MyPatriotSupply.com is America's trusted name in preparedness and self-reliance. They serve millions of families and have 50,000 four-star and five-star reviews. You can trust MyPatriotSupply.com. They carry all the different sizes of emergency food kits. Each kit provides breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day for optimal energy during stressful times. told you guys, I was talking to my mother about this, and she goes, does it taste good? I'm like, it tastes great, Mom. If that's the, if that's the thing, Mom, trust me, it tastes great. Uh, you get lots of soup, lots of pasta, all the stuff. It, again, it's good stuff, and it's going to last 25 years in the right storage. So you can't tell me that the times aren't coming when you're going to have some need for this. But the last time I ordered, when we were in a hard, in some kind of a hard times, it, it was like there was such a demand for it. It took a little while to get it. You need to get it now, folks, while the supply is there. It'll be delivered discreetly to your door. And I promise you, you are going to need this. You want to want to get it. And it's a great deal. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. We'll be right back. So now you you had to deal with all of that stuff and and the smoke kind of died down a little bit for the January 6th thing. But again, you lost your job. So now you're an attorney who's got to go out there and 
find some stuff to deal with. And uh, what did you get involved with doing after all of that melee? Well, ironically, on January 12th, the same day that the FBI paid me a visit that morning, I got a call from an attorney named Kelly Sorrell, who's an attorney in Texas, and she told me about a case she was working on with some people about the election and kind of described a little bit of the theory to me and asked me if I was willing to work on it, said that they didn't have anybody who is licensed in federal court, asked me if I was licensed. I said, yes, I would would take a look at it. I mean, I did say, I said, well, you know, I got a visit from the FBI today, so I'm not not really sure I want to make myself a bigger target than I already am. But I told her I would think about it and pray about it. And almost immediately, I just, I don't know, I, I just felt if there was something that I could do you know, with my position as a lawyer to make what was, what went wrong with the 20 election, 2020 election right, I had to do it. I didn't feel like I had a choice. So yeah. I, uh, you know, I had, I had applied for some other jobs. Just, I mean, you have to when you're on unemployment, which sure. I collected for a little bit, yeah. but I, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to find anything. I must've, I must've sent out 80 applications to law firms and, you know, the ones that gave me a first round interview, I was like, just so you know, there's a situation you might you know, want to be aware of, and they Google me. They're like, "Oh wow!" You know, so yeah, yeah. I uh, so I was trying to make it on my own, and this lawsuit came across uh, my you know my desk, and I I felt like it was my duty to work on it, and I I did nothing for the next six months other than work on that election lawsuit, try to make it work. It was a huge lawsuit. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to get really the funding we needed, and just uh, the other attorneys to come in to help with it. And, uh, you know, it, it cost me a lot. I had to sell my house. Um, I had no income essentially mm-hmm. for about six months. And now they're trying to disbar me over at a group of Democrats. So see, they're coming at you hard right now with yeah. this disbarment thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just a that's just a hack job. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, what is their angle on that? They well, you know, their angle is that uh, it's called the 65 Project. It's uh, described by there's a great Axios article by Lachlan Markey on this, which he actually interviewed me for the article. And they're trying to disbar every single attorney that brought a 2020 election lawsuit challenge. And their grounds are, you know, the 65 Project is a it's a bipartisan organization. That's what they call themselves. And uh, their their goal is to protect democracy from lawyers like me who abuse the legal process to destroy democracy. Right. And it's just the whole thing is nonsensical because I'm just like, okay which is more conducive to a robust democracy? Having lawyers that will represent citizens that feel like they've been aggrieved through the election process and having the right to have a court look at that, that's a constitutional right to bring your grievances before the government. You know, which is which is better for democracy, to let people do that and have a court look at it or to not allow them to do that? Yeah. You know, last time I checked, the Democrats' main talking point that there was no fraud in the 2020 election is that all 65 of these lawsuits got overturned. So, you know, they would not have a talking point and people would still be more people would be wondering about the 2020 election, not less. So it's completely nonsensical. Make sure your freedom stays free in the echo chamber. Don't don't let anybody ever challenge anything that's going on out there. You become an enemy of the state. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is what they do. I pointed out in my response, um, which I'm about to send into the Texas bar. 
This is what they do in communist dictatorships. They have to crush the opposition. Yeah. You know, if you really believed in democracy, you would be fine with people bringing election challenges in courts. That's what the court's for. But because I'm doing that, I'm, you know, persona non grata. I'm public enemy number one. I need to have my law license stripped, which yeah. is just preposterous. The media, education, and the courts, if you control those three things, you control the whole society, right? We've, we've by a very thin thread held on to the courts to some degree, but still we've got judicial tyranny, educational tyranny. We've got and on and on. My people have heard me say it over and over again, but I keep saying it because I want them to get it. I want them to get it. I want them to get it. This is, this is that three, three chord, uh, you know, strand that, that is just being snapped off piece by piece. And you're a perfect example of that. So you've been working independently. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> we'll get into what we did in a little in a minute, but um, what cases? I mean, what what cases have been coming across your desk? What kind of things? Well, so after the after we had to let the election lawsuit go, that was back in July. I voluntarily dismissed it when it was clear we were just not going to get the fun, the resources and the manpower right. that we needed. And uh, you know that was that was really hard for me because I had I had kind of prior to January sixth and all that. Uh, I had had my dream job. I was in-house counsel for a company called Goosehead Insurance. I loved that job um, much better than being in the law firm environment. And so after, you know, the, the election lawsuit really kept me going for a while. I mean, I had lost so much personally. And so after that was gone, man, I, I almost, I was this close to throwing in the towel just on law practice altogether. Yeah. I was just sick of the whole thing. I had no, I felt like I had nothing left. And I felt like, God, honestly, like, you know, that's the only reason I'm still going. He met me in that place that I got a job for you to do. This is the sense I was getting. I felt like I, I felt like I had to go forward. So as soon as I announced that I was just now I'm going to generally just represent any kind of patriot that has any issue, uh, Biden announced his vaccine mandates. And mm -hmm. my specialty happens to be employment law, which, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I think right. to me, this was divine providence. And so immediately... I was one of the only conservative attorneys that had a specialty in employment law and I was flooded with people needing exemptions from the vaccine mandates, mm -hmm. needing to fight back against their employer if their exemption had been denied. So for several months, that was pretty much 100% of what I did. Yeah, that's, uh, and then here comes Chad Prather, uh, gubernatorial candidate, uh, who gets a seven day Facebook ban uh, eight days before an election and, uh, I gave Facebook every avenue they could to reverse the decision because it was a stupid decision. And just as Facebook is, which, by the way, I, I was, you know, at the time of this taping, I'm in Facebook jail uh, for saying that Kamala Harris looks like a cow chewing cud. Or actually, I didn't say that at all. I could understand getting banned for that. What I said was that the difference between a cow chewing cud and Kamala Harris is the intelligent look on the cow's face. You can't make fun of anybody's appearance. Now, you can say orange man bad all day long. You call him the orange man. Mm -hmm. You can call him T-Rump all day long. Nobody's getting banned for that. But God forbid anybody say anything about Kamala Harris. I just feel sorry for the cow being compared to Kamala Harris. <laughs> Same <laughs> level of intelligence. Was that the reason they banned you? Because it was insulting the cows? <laughs> Probably so. I make fun of the cow's appearance. But so that's that's where we're at. Um, I, I was in a Facebook ban for that. But... If I understand it right now, because because I actually sent some text messages to a couple of attorney friends. One was uh, half Asian lawyer Bill Richmond with uh, Stephen Crowder's lawyer, and then Sarah Fields called me up and she said, 
Paul Davis. And I said, you know what? You're right. It was like, ding, ding, the God bell goes off. And I'm like, that's it. And you jumped on the case. My opinion is the only reason we got them to buckle and got the courts to go in our favor, ultimately, it wasn't a free speech issue. It was an election interference issue. Do you mind interpreting that right? I would say, I mean, I think that definitely played a role because what we argued in the pleadings and in the uh, the, uh, hearing was that this the purpose of Facebook putting you in Facebook jail, as we call it, was to interfere in the election on Greg Abbott's behalf. And yeah. I think that's completely legitimate. Obviously, we've seen since then how Facebook arguably turned the 2020 presidential election because right. they censored the, the laptop issue. And so that was kind of the point I was trying to make to the judge. But we have a law here in Texas that is explicit. If if you are a social media platform with more than 50 million users, which Facebook obviously is, you cannot censor the viewpoint of a Texan posting on on yeah. Facebook, on social media. And so the 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 hearing was about, you know, that law gives you the right to injunctive relief, so a court order. And so, you know, we just presented to the court. <laughs> There's no question Facebook censored you. There's no yeah. question this law says we get injunctive relief. And the only counter argument Facebook really had was that, there was this opinion out of a woke judge, you know, Obama appointed judge named Robert Pittman, a federal judge out of Austin, who had opined that this law was unconstitutional, but he didn't rule it was. Right. He only enjoined the Texas Attorney General from uh, bringing cases under this law, not yeah. private citizens. Right. And the judge saw that that was true, and that's why we won the hearing. Yeah, because the judge said, look, I understand that that court had an opinion. My court has an opinion, too. So you're right about that. And so I've had people who say, well, what y'all did was not that big of a deal. Facebook seems to think it is. They absolutely do. Yeah, they're very embarrassed. I mean, you know, I thought it was really funny later that evening. I got an email from Facebook's lawyers saying, oh, we haven't seen the the opinion issue. And that was because the court had emailed it directly to me and I didn't yeah. see it. Um, usually the court will just post it in the docket and, um, and they get automatic notice. And they had actually filed a note basically waving the white flag and saying, well, we're, you know, judge, you don't need to enter this order because we've lifted Chad's restrictions, which turned out not to be true, as you and I both know. Yep. And so they were they were trying to avoid, I, I said they were trying to save face, you know, Facebook um, yeah. by getting, you know, avoiding the entry of that order because yeah. we're going to comply. Well, we beat them. Yeah. You beat them. Yeah. And and one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations on that. Thanks. I, mean, I, mean, I was pretty daggum excited. It was pretty cool. I mean, it. you know, I think if people were saying it's not that big a deal, um, you know, temporary restraining <clears> orders, <throat> They're not they're not the hardest thing in the world to get from a legal perspective, but this was a big deal in that nobody's ever got one. Yeah. Nobody's ever brought a case under this new law. Mm-hmm. And so the new law was under scrutiny yeah. by the judge. And by entering the TRO, he recognized the law was legit and he obviously didn't think it was unconstitutional. So There you go. You know, I mean Take that, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. I say from my jail cell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I still understand. And, and okay, look, I'll, I'll gladly take the three-day suspension, right? right. I, I, look, I would do- definitely post that again. Uh, it's a good joke, right? But anyway, this is the world we're living in. I, I'll still, I've always tried to play by their rules. It's their rules. Mm-hmm. But again, when you start breaking the law, which in my opinion, they did. Yeah. And according to the court, they did as well. So at least the law here in Texas. And by God, that's the law that counts. Uh, hey, look, a lot of people didn't make any resolutions this year. I don't believe in resolutions. I don't know about you guys. But uh, 
Either way, you made some resolutions. I get it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't still find a way to shake things up, even if you've broken those resolutions, whether it's by switching up your workout routine or going someplace new. Raycon wireless earbuds. That's what I want to talk to you about. They're the best way to bring audio with you wherever you go, because no matter how much you shake things up, literally, no matter how much you shake, they're not going to fall out of your ears. Their everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. There's also awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings. So you can take Raycons with you wherever you go and optimize gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon offers eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life, and they're priced just right. You get quality auto audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. So it's no wonder that Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 48,000 five-star reviews. So right Right now, I'm going to get my listeners and my viewers 15% off of your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash watchchad. That's buyraycon.com slash watchchad. Be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's that time again where I got to get up on my soapbox. Ladies and gentlemen, I come before you today as the standard bearer for a new movement in our society. Fat is beautiful. Yes, ladies, we will now worship the ground that you walk on even when your fat ass makes it shake. Thus comes down the ruling from our high-calorie high priestess, the woman of girth, making musical afterbirth all hail the hefty hydra Lizzo. She's just announced the premiere of her new clothing line, Yitty. I think that's a combination of the words Yeti and pity. Yeti is comprised of what is increasingly, and I do mean increasingly, called shapewear. And it's designed to let ladies of all sizes show their stuff and strut it to the world. The quote unquote singer said, instead of thinking about size in a linear way, we're thinking about it on a spectrum where everyone is included. Everyone's size is just their size. It's not high. It's not low. It's not big. It's not small. It's just your size. And with a tagline like, let's get you on this wait list, bitch. How could you not be excited? Now, Chris, something's not right about that. Uh, see if you can load it up the right way. You see it right there? Yeah. There we go, folks. Please believe me that I do not revel in the responsibility I feel to come on here and tell you that this is freaking crazy, but I've got to do it nonetheless. Here's the deal. I don't have a problem with Lizzo or anyone else wanting to have clothes that not only fit but are stylish as well, but what's going on here is that there is a movement in this country to normalize being overweight and to ignore the attendant health, effle- health effects. Now, we just went through two years of a pandemic that shot up fatties like they were innocent bystanders in a Quentin Tarantino movie. How is it not obvious to us at this this point that taking care of our health is important and that normalizing the opposite is a really bad idea. Listen, Lizzo, you want to think of yourself as beautiful. Go for it. Great. When you die from a heart attack at a young age and they're lowering your ass into the ground inside a grand piano while Sarah McLaughlin plays Arms of the Angels, I guess we can all look back and say that was her choice. But you are inexplicably also an influential person in America right now. Should you take the chance to start a clothing line? Sure. Should you also take the opportunity to reach out to the girls out there who listen to you and tell them that maybe putting the cheeseburger down every once in a while in favor of a day at the gym isn't such a bad idea absolutely this whole big bold and beautiful thing is fun and all but it's an outgrowth of the very thing that americans represent on the world stage that they have traditionally laughed at the most why make the stereotype of the fat american any more relevant to public discourse abroad than it already is and speaking of abroad 
Lizzo, girl, I got to think that you'd be a lot happier with yourself if you dropped the pounds as well. When you've gone from role model to jelly roll model, there's something amiss. Please get healthy. Please get healthy. And while you're at it, if you feel like it, maybe get a little more talented too. I hate to be harsh, but well, no, I actually don't hate it. I enjoy being harsh. And for all of you out there who think that I'm an asshole and want to tell me about it, get in line! You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? She's going to lose all this weight. She's going to be like Adele. Right? She's going to drop like 200. She's going to drop like two bills, and suddenly everybody's going to be applauding her like, oh, look at you go, girl. Look at you now. You're so beautiful now. Oh, wow. No, wait. Wait. I thought she was beautiful when she was fat. I said Adele was beautiful when she was fat. I did. I think she's, I mean... I don't want to roll up in it, but I but I think she's a lot hotter now. Yeah. If you can't if you can't tone it, tan it. That's my philosophy. <laughs> but you watch what happens. Yep. At some point in time, Lizzo they're gonna put her ass on a treadmill, and she's gonna drop she's gonna drop a couple of century marks, and bam, there it is. They're gonna have her out there. Oh, the new Lizzo, the whatever they call it, you know, Lizzo repackaged. <laughs> Health <laughs> happens to her that the doctor tells her that she has to lose weight and she does lose the weight. What's going to happen now? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they'll hire some surgeons to cut off the skin. But I look, people are like, you're fat shaming. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's kind of what I'm doing. Um, and look, I've gained weight. I understand I've gained weight, but I'm the first one to call myself a lump of shit right i'm not out there putting a new clothing line out there i've said forever i've always kind of been you know a little bit thicker you know anyway don't look at me like that jennings i've always been a little bit thicker in places and i've always said you know you go into a place like i don't know whatever whatever those stores are american eagle (laughs) what are the buckle and it's like they cater to skinny dudes like skinny beta cuck soy boy man, like Paul, skinny guys, little dudes. I do have a few pairs of skinny jeans. I'm not gonna. Paul's lie. not a beta. Paul's a warrior. He's not a beta. But I will say this, it, you know, I, I I have the I have envy the people with the uh, with the 32 inch waist. I do, uh, because it's like you know. I can't pull it off. I wish I could. And I granted, I'm 49 years old, but I'm not coming out there talking about. Oh, look at the dimples in my ass, and look how good they look. Hey, hey, like that's never been my, so I'm just saying you have a whole generation of kids coming along and you want to be a role model, be a role model. Okay. Not a sourdough role model. Be a role model. What was it? Jennings said a jelly roll. If y'all want, if y'all, if come here, Jennings, walk over here. If you guys want to come at me. What you do is you go to where podcasts are offered and you uh, leave a rating and a review. Five stars, of course. But Jennings, stick your head in here, Jennings. Give us a Jennings, Josh Jennings wrote that monologue. I want to give credit where it's due. For, for the record, this is a fat suit, guys. <laughs> <Not real. laughs> Jennings is no role model. All right. That, that monologue right there, high five on it. I enjoyed that one. That was a fun one. Uh, but I want to make sure that you understand the fat shaming comes from two fat dudes. <laughs> you guys are beautiful just the way you are. We are beautiful. Just the way we you are. are. I mean, like, look, when I'm at a point, look at me, when I'm at a point where I don't even, look, I wore this T-shirt three times last week. I, I, I don't even button the denim up anymore. 
This is what quitting on life looks like, people. This this is when it's done. Paul, this is when it's done. Uh, I mean, you know, somebody said to me the other day there, and I was doing so good, like back before the election, I was going to the gym and stuff, and then I'd be like, then I wanted to eat something at the at the QT. And, and you know, it, it's just, uh, there it is. We are fat. Americans are fat. Yeah. We, we really are fat. We're obese. And, you know, I say every day, every morning, I'm like, I, can, I know where my life is just by looking at the floorboard of my truck. And I see how many bags from Chick-fil-A and Wendy's and McDonald's are sitting there just and out of the sake of convenience, I've become a big tub of shit. Chad, you know what I'm saying? I just cleaned my car this morning. Didn't you know? And there was so much QT. There was so much 7-Eleven, <laughs> energy drink, Pepsi. Oh, my God. I know. I love it. I love it, too. That's the problem. That's the problem. Call me Lizzo. Let's trade some notes. Y'all hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, Paul, let's get back on track. What uh, What's next for our deal with Facebook? So Facebook has filed a motion to dismiss and uh, it's based on they have when you sign or when you log on to Facebook when you create an account you have to acknowledge their user terms and their user terms say that if you sue them under the if you have a cause of action a lawsuit that arises out of the user terms you have to sue them in California mm -hmm. so they have filed a motion to dismiss saying this is not an appropriate forum you know the user agreement says you got to do this in California the problem for them is that under Texas law, it can be uh, a, f a forum clause selection, a forum selection clause like that uh, cannot be enforced if it's against public policy. Mm. And in my mind, Texas public policy is very clear here. We, you know, the legislature enacted this law for the purpose of keeping Texans from being censored by Californians. Yeah. And so the idea that this should be litigated in a California court. I mean, it should be abhorrent to this court because what he's essentially saying, if the judge does not rule in our favor on that, he's basically saying, oh, yeah, the Texas legislature intended for these cases to be litigated in California. So now a California-based company, Facebook, can interfere with the upcoming elections as much as they want. Yeah. And you can you only can only sue them in California. As you alluded to the, the Hunter Biden laptop, which they suppressed any information on that. Now that's coming out. That's real. The, the, the Steele dossier, you know, we see that the FEC has fined the DNC as well as Hillary Clinton for lying about how campaign finances were being used in that regard. Um, and so they can, they can squelch all of that information. You're basically giving them a carte blanche, free, free meal ticket to go out there and censor whatever information needs to be censored in an election year. Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, we know Facebook's goal, I mean, is going to be to get Beto elected. Yep. And, I mean, they, they, they're, so they're not only going to suppress negative information about Beto. You know that's coming. When you post something about Robert Francis O'Rourke, yeah. and you're going to get put in Facebook jail right before the election. Can guarantee it right now. And then, of course, they're going to continue to pump. Zuckerberg's going to pump his money into the Center for Tech and Civic Life, which, uh, you know, I, I'm aware of a lawsuit going down in Williamson County right now, which is one of the counties that got the most Zuck bucks, as we call them. And their county, their elections are a mess. They're a nightmare. Yeah. You can't tell 
who won those elections. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a cesspool down there. So we're going to do our best to keep them from doing that. They, uh, one other interesting thing in the case is that Facebook also, after they filed a motion to dismiss based on that form selection clause, then they filed an objection to personal jurisdiction because they're an out-of-state defendant and they're saying we're not subject to Texas courts. Problem for Facebook is you have to file, that has to be the very first thing you file in the case mm. and, or it, it's automatic, you can't do it. So I emailed their attorneys, I said, what, you know, this violates the due process of pleading in Texas, very clear violation, what, why shouldn't I file a motion to strike? And they didn't have a good answer for that. So kind of funny, or, or, you know, they stepped in it on that one. So. I've had a lot of people, <laughs> it's raised a lot of awareness. I've had a lot of mm-hmm. people who've reached out to me and says, uh, I wanna, I'm in Facebook jail, how can I find your attorney? And I'm like, yeah, it's not, that's not the way this works. That's right. not what we're up against. And so people try to simplify this thing. It's a pretty complex issue and you've yeah. done a hell of a job arguing it and obviously winning and i think we've got a good chance of winning this thing when we go back to court in april i do too and this i mean i'm very i'm personally interested in this case because if we are able if these arguments prevail and we're able to defeat facebook's argument that this has to be litigated in california which i i can't i just can't imagine the judge is gonna put his reputation on the line by making that that ruling basically effectively saying Facebook can interfere with Texas elections whenever they want. But I'm very personally interested in this because if we can win on this issue, I'm going to bring my own case against TikTok. I mean, right now, yeah. I, they told me I'm one strike away from getting completely kicked off TikTok. They yeah. continue to censor my videos. Well, and before so. all this came up, we were talking about the class action lawsuit for TikTok, you know, about censorship through a certain time period. I certainly saw it. I mean, I, I was being censored so bad on TikTok, I just got off of it. I, I'm back on it now, but maybe one post a week I, i'm so technically i'm off of it right mm-hmm. so because what's the point people yeah. always say well you don't do those truck videos anymore what's the point if i put it out there you can't see it exactly so you know wh- why am i going to go out there and waste my mental power to you know put all these profound thoughts into the world that entertain and enlighten and nobody sees them oh we all know? feel that way in texas i yeah. mean every conservative and that's why this case is so huge because if we can win this then we can that opens up the floodgate and we can bring lots of these cases and and as a ramification of our suit my chad prather blue check mark business page whatever it went back to almost 2016 numbers i had the first video when i did i want to be a woman and compete when i did that song the, two weeks ago it hit a million views in a couple of days it's first million view video i've had in literally years wow and I, that used to be it would have been it would have been in hours it would have hit millions so right. anyway we'll see what comes we'll see what comes of it i got you know ha love hate relationship with facebook hang tight we're not done we'll be right back I'm going to bring you back on the show soon. I want you to come back because you've got so many cases we need to talk about, things that are relevant to Americans, Texans especially, different medical cases and things that you're dealing with. And I'm telling you, the tyranny's killing us. It's shocking stuff what I'm seeing right now. It's I mean, killing just, us. Gra- I mean, just over-the-top abuses of government by citizens. I mean, yeah. just complete government overreach. We're getting a lot of that. Follow Paul on Instagram, uh, Fired Up Texas Lawyer. Yeah, Fired Up TX Lawyer. T- TX Lawyer. Yeah. Fired Up 
FTX Lawyer. Follow him. He's always putting videos out, very informative stuff, and uh, you need to follow and check him out. You're a hero, my friend. Thank a you. Hero. Thank you. Uh, sign up at Blaze, blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code MoreChad. Our overtime. It's fun and it's on fire, baby. You don't want to miss it. You can only get it on Blaze TV. That's right. You got to be part of the family. Got to subscribe. So go do it today. Blazetv.com slash Chad. Promo code MoreChad. And I got something special for you. If you go shopping at uh, chadonblaze.com, use promo code chad 10 on anything, anywhere on the Blaze merch site, anything. Chad10. Use that promo code. Get 10% off. Watch Chad.com for all the fun stuff is. We're coming to a city near you. We'll see you later. Love you. God bless you. Talk to you then. Bye.